you would bow with me in prayer before we open God's Word together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for uh, this time that we have together. We thank you for Tekoa Falls Choir and the gifts that you've given them, and they could come and share those with us this morning. We pray this morning that as we open your Word, that you would be uh, moving, opening our eyes, showing us, teaching us through the Holy Spirit as we do so. We pray that uh, everything that is read and said and spoken this morning would be for your honor and for your glory. Uh, As we often say and admit, we can't do this on our own, and so we need you to come and to be in this place leading, guiding, teaching, correcting us, encouraging us. And so we ask that you would do that as we spend time in your word this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, I don't know how many of you have lived in... uh, uh, a neighborhood, or I, I say you know, all college, a lot of college students with us today. Maybe you live in a dorm. Uh, maybe you've lived in a city at different times. Some of you have lived in uh, bigger cities where you can walk a lot, or maybe you live like I do in a in a neighborhood that's pretty. Uh, a lot of homes in my neighborhood. I think there's about 200 homes in our neighborhood, and so uh, as you do that, if you've ever lived in any kind of those situations, what ends up happening is you'll pass a lot of people that maybe you don't actually know, but you you kind of know who they are. Right. Like so every day when I drive into my neighborhood or I leave or multiple times during the day, there's a lot of people I pass that I may not know or, or I walk my neighborhood a lot. I actually walk and go over my sermon. I preach as I walk through my neighborhood. So all my neighbors go, hey, it's the crazy guy that talks to himself as he walks through the neighborhood. So they don't know me, but they kind of go, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is. Same thing as I walk, like one of my neighbors is a police officer. I don't know him. I've never actually had a conversation with him, but I've seen him in his uniform and I've seen his police car. Or or I know uh, one of my neighbors really likes Alabama because he's got a giant flag on his house for Alabama. And so just different things like that. You know uh, about them, but you don't really know them. I don't really have a relationship with a lot of those people. Now, somebody might say, hey, do you know the guy? that lives around the corner that's a police officer. And I go, yeah, yeah, I know who he is. I know who you're talking about, but I don't know him. And maybe some of my neighbors, I might even know their name, but I don't really know them. I don't really have a relationship with them. And so why do I not have any relationship with those different people? And it's simply, I've never spoken to them. I've never had a conversation with them where I got to hear who they are and what's going on and uh, what they enjoy or what they like or anything like that. And so I kind of know of them, but I don't really know them because I haven't had that conversation with them. I have never had that back and forth with them. And so last week we started a new series on prayer, uh, talking about praying, talking with God. And we defined it last week as conversing, have a conversation with God. And how vitally important that is in our relationship with God. How vitally important that is for our being and our purpose. We said last week that God's created us to be in relationship with Him. To know Him. To grow in the knowledge of Him. To share that with others. And if we're never having a conversation, never talking with Him, it's hard to know Him. So we talked about how prayer is so vitally important to our relationship with God. That we need to be praying. We need to be talking with Him. We even looked at this idea that uh, really at the very heart of prayer is this idea of knowing God. And as we know Him, we will enjoy Him. Knowing Him is to enjoy Him. As you grow in your relationship with God, it's you see how wonderful and magnificent he is. And there's a joy that comes from that. But then it's also making him known. 
And as we look throughout scripture, we see that in prayer, knowing him and making him known. And then we said, and the way we do that is utter dependence on him in all things. And that's kind of at the very heart of prayer. That was the big idea we talked about last week. But as we continue on and we begin to think more deeply about prayer, I want us to think about this idea. Even my illustration of my neighbors that I know who they are, but I haven't spoken to them. uh, That how do we hear from God? How does our relationship with God not be just one sided? I'm just talking. I'm just in my thoughts. I'm just sending him. But how do I actually hear from God? How do I keep that from being uh, just a one sided conversation, but actually growing in my knowledge of him and growing in my relationship with him? And what often happens when we talk about any subject is uh, when we look at what scripture says about it, we can often go to one side or the other or we can take one or two verses we really like. And we can overemphasize them. One of my favorite professors used to say all the time, we want to be in the center of the biblical tension. That is, the Bible will tell us some things that maybe seem like uh, they're not completely together or they kind of pull us in different directions. And he said, we always want to be right in the center of that. We want to take what the scriptures say, for example, about prayer and all of what it says about prayer and then hold that in that tension. Be in the middle of what it tells us about that. And so what will happen is we say, well, how do we hear from God? And sometimes people will say, uh, really like Psalm 46. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know that I am God. And so sometimes people will say, that's it. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God and listen to God. And that's how God talks to you. That you just get quiet and you just listen and you just hear him. And I'd say part of that is true. There is a part of listening to God and being still. And in the, in the context of, of Psalm 46, it's in relation to what we know about him and then thinking on those things. And there's a whole lot there. But that's part of it. But if we just leave it there, we'll get off maybe to one side. Maybe one part of what the Bible says, but not the fullness of what it says. And so although that's good and that's right, there's more to it than just that. Or sometimes we say, well, how do I start to grow in my prayer life? I'm not really praying. Maybe last week as we talked about it and the importance of it, you said, I'm not really praying. I need to move more into deeper prayer in my life. And so sometimes we'll say things like, well, it doesn't really matter what you pray. Just pray. Just start to pray. And part of me wants to go, yeah, that's kind of right. God allows you to come to him wherever you are. You can start having that conversation. You don't know how I tell people that often. I don't know what to pray. So tell God that. Start there. I'm not sure what to pray. Begin to talk to him. But if we say it doesn't matter what you pray, just pray. That's not really completely true. And that's not keeping us in the center of what scripture says. And so we need to be careful when we start to go to one side or the other, or just one little part of what it looks like. Or sometimes people will say, you just need to be led by the spirit. I say, well, yes, that's right. True. And amen. You should be led by the Holy Spirit in your life. He intercedes. He helps us when we don't know how to pray. There's all these things scripture tells us. And part of that is good and wonderful and right. But then the question I would ask is, how are you sure you're being led by the Holy Spirit? How are you sure that's the spirit in your life and not just what you think on things or what you want or those things? And so I want us to think about this picture of how do we have a two sided conversation with God? What has God told us? How do we have that both sides of that in our prayer life? It's not just talking to him, but it's also hearing God very clearly. And so this morning, as we do that, we're going to look at John chapter one that I read to you just a minute ago. It's on page five hundred 
and 76 in the Pew Bible, if you want to follow along. As I often say, if you need a Bible, if you're here visiting, you don't have one, you know someone that could use one, please take one with you. That's our gift to you. We'd love for you to take it with you. And so John chapter 1 is where we're going to be looking this morning. And as we do, I want us to think on that idea of how do we hear God? How do we know him? We said last week that prayer, we're seeking to know him and to make him known. Those are kind of foundational truths about our prayer life and what scripture tells us. So how do we know him? How do we hear him? And so the way I want us to look at it is kind of the means that God tells us that we know him first, the means he gives us. Then secondly, kind of the method or or the process that we grow in that. And then lastly, there's such an important part, especially of what John says here in John chapter one. What's the linchpin that holds all this together? If we miss that, we miss the whole thing. And so there's kind of a linchpin that holds it all together. So the means and then the method or the process and then the linchpin that holds it all together. And so let's just start with the means. How do we know God? How do we hear him? And so look at John one, just starting in verse one to four. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. Verse five, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. But then skip down as he kind of fleshes that out for you. I didn't mean that to be a pun. That's a really bad pun now that I've said it. But he does. He kind of puts flesh on it very literally in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. And then he tells you in verse 17, for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so he's giving you this picture of God's revelation to us, the word, how we know him. And he says it's Jesus. He says that in verse 18 very clearly. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He, talking about Jesus, has made him known. And so we start to think on this idea, the means in which we can know God, that we can hear God. And what Scripture tells us is that God has revealed himself to us in his word. He's chosen to make himself known, which goes right with what we talked about last week. God wants to know you and he wants to have a relationship with you and he's made a way for you to have a relationship with him. It's the very heart of how we were made. We were made to be in relationship with God. And so he makes himself known and the ultimate picture, the ultimate revelation of that is Jesus Christ. And so I want you to think about that picture, though, because he says a lot here and we're really just going to scratch the surface on John one this morning because he says a whole lot here. But in John one, he tells us that God's spoken to us in his word and that Jesus is his word and he's the ultimate fulfillment, the ultimate revelation of that. And so I want us to think about how we know God. We know God through his word in his scripture that's been written down and preserved for us. Uh, Hebrews one says it this way. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he's appointed heir of all things through him also he created the world right and so what he says in hebrews 1 is that god's spoken to us by different men over time that he spoke to the prophets and he gave them his word and he said write this down and keep this and that is god's word god speaks 
They hear it. They write it down. And so when we read scripture today, we were actually reading the very words of God. Isaiah 40, verse eight, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. And so when we read it today, we are hearing the eternal life creating, life giving word of God right here with us. It's an amazing thing to think about that God cares enough that he says, I want you to know me and this is how you know me and this is what it looks like. And so we know God through the way he's revealed himself in his word to us. The fullness of that revelation comes in Jesus Christ. I want you to think about the picture that's there. Before God spoke to men and said, write this down and they write it down. That is God's word. When Jesus comes, you see Jesus, you see God. It's actually what Hebrews 1, 3 says. He's the exact imprint of the very nature of God. When you see Jesus, you see God. That's why John can say in verse 18 that when you see him, no one's ever seen God. But when Jesus comes, now he's been made known. And so when we see Jesus, we see God. And so we know God through his word and the ultimate fulfillment of that is Jesus. So one kind of side note, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it's important big picture that we keep in the center of the tension. We also can know God through his creation. Scripture tells us that. Uh, Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of the Lord. Or if you read in Romans chapter one, Paul makes the case that we are all without excuse because we can clearly perceive things about who God is and what we see around us. And so we can know some things about God from what we see in creation. And so sometimes today we might ask that question, how do we know God? And some people go, well, hey, I know God because I go out on the beach and I just sit there and I see him and feel him. And you go, well, yeah, that's kind of right. Right. That's partly right. Yes, you can know some things about God, but the fullness of his revelation to us comes in his word. And so we need to be careful when we get into that. Yes, it's good that you can go out and sit in the woods and feel God's presence. That's true. But the way we actually know him and hear him and have a relationship with him is the way he's revealed himself to us in his word. And so when we say the means, what we're talking about is the way God has revealed himself to us in his words. But I want to take that one step further because God's words are different than my words. When you think about how they're different than my words, hopefully it should be really clear. But one of the things, one of the big reasons it's very different from my words is God's words are identical to his actions because his words are actually a person. That's so cool to think about. That he says, this is the word, and then the word is made flesh, and he's come and he's dwelt among you. Jesus is the word, the very word of God. And so when God speaks, he creates. When he says things, they happen. Right? You go back to Genesis 1. In the beginning was God, and he said, let there be light, and then there's light. I don't know any person that can do that. I can't do that. I can't create with my words, but God can create with his words. Because his words are identical to his actions. And so God creates and he recreates with his word. It's an incredible picture that God has made himself known through the power of his words. I love uh, Eugene Peterson. If you're familiar with Eugene Peterson, he's a pastor in his 80s. And he's a brilliant, brilliant man. And he's a deep thinker. And I've been very blessed by a lot of what he writes. And he's really good with words. And he says this when he talks about God's word. He says, God creates the cosmos with words. He created us with words. 
He calls to us, he speaks to us, he whispers to us with words. Then he gives us the gift of language. And we not only hear and understand God as he speaks to us, but we can speak to him. And he says we can pray. And so I want to bring all this to how this is so important to prayer. It's the way we converse with God. We hear God in his word, and then we talk back to him after he has first revealed himself to us. And so prayer in much uh, really is, is talking back to what God's already revealed about himself. And so it's so important that we see that, that we hear him clearly in his word, that he's revealed himself. Now we hear him and then we can talk back. We can respond to what he said. And so that's the means in which God's uh, spoken to us through his word. And he's given us his word and we can see him and we can know about him and we can hear his heart and see those things. The second thing I want us to consider, though, is the method or the process we grow in that. That's why we started this series Prayer is vital to our very purpose and being. We want to grow in that. We want to become more fluent in our prayers and our our, our prayer life with God. And so it's important that we think this through. How is that process? And the picture I want us to think about as we think about the process or growing in that is it's vitally important to our growth and our relationship with God that it's related. Our prayers are related to our knowledge of God as revealed to him in his word. It's absolutely vital to our prayer life that we're growing in our knowledge of the way he has revealed himself to us. If we divorce our prayer life from God's word and the way he's revealed himself to us, we are at best entering a one sided conversation. If I'm not responding to what God has already told me through his word, then I'm basically just talking to myself. And we're not going to get very far if that's the way our prayer life is operating. Right? Have you ever had a friend that you talk to, that you spend time with, and they just talk and talk and talk and talk and you never say anything? Have you ever had relationships like that? It gets difficult after a while. You want to go, uh, 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 right? And you kind of leave going, well, they don't really know anything about me. Oftentimes we can operate that way with our prayer life with God. I'll just tell them some things and tell them some things and tell them some things. The the wonderful truth is that God is gracious and he continues to listen and he continues to pursue us. But oftentimes we're going to hit a wall in that relationship. We're going to struggle in our prayer life when that's the case. When we're not hearing from God and then responding to him in the way he's revealed himself to us. And so it's so important that our prayer life has to be shaped by God's word, the way he's revealed himself. That we're responding the way he's talked to us. And so we hear God. I want us to think about this because sometimes go back to what I said, the way we can get off on different sides. Sometimes we'll say, uh, will we just be led by the spirit? Say, well, yes, we're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. But how do we know? How do we hear? How do we discern God's voice through the Holy Spirit in our life? And I'd point you to that the more clearly we hear God's voice so clearly in his word. And that's how we begin to recognize him in all things. And so until you hear him clearly in the way he's revealed himself and he's most clearly revealed himself in his word, we have to start there. God's shown us what he's like in his word. And so sometimes people go, yeah, yeah, but my prayer life is I'm just going to seek the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to listen. I'm going to hear God. And I divorce it almost from the thinking aspect of God's word. But I want you to think about the picture that scripture paints for us. God's word 
Uh, he speaks to men and then they are carried along by the Holy Spirit and they write down God's word and then we have it for us today. And so the picture of wanting to discern the Holy Spirit, not falling into it's just my own selfish motivations, but it's actually God speaking to me. The more time I spend in his word, the more clearly I'm going to hear his voice. They're never, ever going to contradict each other. They're always going to go in perfect harmony together. And so as through God's word, he reveals what he's like, what his character's like, what he's doing, how he's doing it. All those things that he's he's about. He's given us a wealth of knowledge of how to see him through what he's spoken to us in his word. And so the more time we spend in that, the more time that we see that, the more we recognize his voice and where he's leading us and what he's doing. And it's it's important that we see those together. God never changes. He's not going to say one thing, inspire, write this down. This is my eternal life giving word. And then he's going to come and whisper in your ear and tell you something that contradicts that. It's not going to happen. And so it's important that we root ourselves in the way he's revealed himself to us. And so oftentimes what I hear is I'll hear people say, well, I'm I'm seeking the Lord on whatever. I'm seeking the Lord on should I be part of a local body, a church? I go, uh, yes, you, you do. I can tell you that because God's already clearly told us that in his word. You don't have to go and seek a word from the Lord on this issue because he's already given you a word. I'm seeking the Lord on maybe I should move in with my girlfriend. No, you shouldn't. He's already told you that. He's already given you that clearly. This is what a relationship looks like. This is what he's called you to. This is what he told you how my creation works best. You don't have to go and seek him on things he's already clearly said. But yet we do that sometimes. And sometimes it's out of ignorance of what his word says. And we need to continue to come back. Sometimes it's out of rebellion. We know what his word says. And I'm just going to pretend that I don't know. Works that way sometimes. It's the way my kids do, right? Can we go get candy? No. Can we go get candy? No. What did I say before, right? We do the same thing with God at different times and we try to kind of put it in, but it's important when we seek to hear him, it's always going to be in accord with the way he has revealed himself in his word. It's always going to be that way. It's crucial. It's absolutely crucial to our prayer life that it's in response to God's word and the way he's clearly revealed himself. As you grow in that, the more you hear God's voice clearly and his leading in different things because you're dwelling, you're you're dwelling richly in his word. And so you can see clearly when it's out of step with his word. Right. Somebody says, I think I have a word from the Lord. And then they tell you something that's in direct contradiction to what his word says. And you go, no, you don't. And here's why. I know why. And the more clearly you know that in this, the more clearly you see it in other ways. Imperfect example, but this is a real life. My son Quinn will come to me. He's four years old. And sometimes he'll come. uh, Joanna will be upstairs and he'll come down and he'll say, "Uh, Mom said I can have candy for dinner. I go, no, she didn't. (laughs) I know her voice, right? I know it very well. And I've spent a lot of time with her. And I know she didn't say you could have candy for dinner. Or he'll say, uh, mom said, I don't have to take a shower tonight. And it's like he's covered in mud and food and like, no, I'm, I'm quite certain she didn't. 
And I know that because I know her and I know her. But it's the same as we spend time and we're dwelling in God's word and we're seeing his character and who he is and the way he's revealed himself, the more clearly we hear him and his leading and his guiding in other ways. And that doesn't mean that everything perfectly will fall in place and now I'll just know everything God wants me to do. But the more we grow in that, the more clearly we discern and hear his voice and hear his will. And the more it helps in our prayer life, the more we're responding to who God actually is and not something we've just made up in our own mind. And so it's absolutely important. And so I just want to point you to, as we talked about last week, prayer is vitally important for our relationship with God. He said that's the just baseline. It's absolutely vital. And so the second thing I want you to think about today is, is you consider hearing God in your prayer life and what that sounds like. I'm just going to tell you there's going to be no real depth in that or growth in that if you're trying to do that apart from his word. It's not going to happen. And so if you're seeking to develop that apart from what he's already told you and the way he's already revealed himself, it's going to be a struggle. They go hand in hand together, seeking him in his word and the way he's revealed himself. Look right here in what John says in in, in verse 9 and 10. It's kind of an almost frightening thing to think about. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world, and he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. But then verse 11 is what's pretty chilling when you think about it. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. And so when we think about growing in the knowledge of the Lord, and that, that uh, pertains to growing in our relationship with him, the accuracy and the amount of the knowledge of God that you have and the way he's revealed himself and his word is going to be directly relational to your relationship with him. It says here that they knew him. This is his people. They knew who he was, but they didn't know him. They thought they had a relationship with God, and then God shows up, and they go, ah, that's not him. See how scary that is? How important it is when we start to think about the way God has revealed himself, and our knowledge of him, and the accuracy of him, and seeking him in the way that he's revealed himself to us. And so we want to be talking to God as he's revealed. Because if we're not, just ask the question, who are you talking to? There are a lot of people here who thought they knew him and then he showed up and they go, that's not him. And so it's important that we're growing in our knowledge of who God is and the way he revealed himself. If we want to be a praying people that is knowing him and making him known, I said that's the baseline of prayer, knowing him and making him known. If we ignore how he's made himself known, how in the world are we going to do that? It's just we're not. And so we're to be seeking him in the way he's revealed himself to us. And so when we talk about the method, it's God's given us his word. The process and growing of that is growing in our relationship through uh, with him through the way he's revealed himself to us. Seeking to see his face more fully in the word that he's given us. He's revealed himself to us and we can know him and it's through his word. And so the last part I want us to think about here is the linchpin that holds all this together. And I'll be brief here at the end. You know, everything John says here when he talks about the word and the word became flesh. And now we see who God is. I want you to understand the magnitude of what he says here. 
you know a person. We started that way in this, this morning. You know your neighbors, different people. You know relationships in your life. And the way they speak to you, they reveal themselves to you. John says the word became flesh and dwelt among us and it showed us what God's like. The only way that you can develop this prayer relationship, you can grow in this, you can know him and make him known is through the way God's revealed himself and that's Jesus. It's the only way it works. And so I'm telling you, it's important that we grow in our accuracy and our knowledge as we understand and we grow in that relationship. But thankfully, it's not our knowledge or our amount or our accuracy that allows us to begin the relationship. To have the relationship. You have a relationship with God through Jesus and what he's done for you and not what you do to earn your way into that. So, yes, it's vitally important as you grow that you're learning and you're seeing that. But that always has to be resting on the foundation of who you are before what you do. You are saved by what Jesus does for you and nothing else. So we say it's good news. It's the gospel. You can't do it, and he does it for you. He invites you into this relationship with you, and then he wants to walk with you and encourage you and grow you in that. It's not like I've got to have a certain knowledge and a certain accuracy and all these things in a row, and then he'll accept me. That's a lie from Satan. Don't ever go there. Wherever you are today, begin to talk to him and trust him and walk through that, and that's wonderful. Don't be beat up of, man, I don't have enough knowledge and I don't have this and I'm not. That's okay. But the picture in Scripture that calls us is we're supposed to be walking in that and we're continue to do that. But all the while we're trusting that our relationship is secure and complete in what Jesus has done for us. That's the linchpin that holds it all together. Yes, you grow in it in your knowledge in the way he's revealed himself in his word. But you always have to be doing so in faith. It's what Jesus has done for me that he's allowed me to be part of this. That he's bringing me in, that he wants to have this relationship with me. And so it's what we talked about last week. And we'll end there. It's utter dependence on him. And so your relationship with Jesus as you walk through that is going to be the very center of all that you're doing and saying. And so that's why we often pray in Jesus' name. It's not a secret formula. You don't have to say in Jesus' name. I often do because it's a reminder to me that I can come before a holy and perfect God and I can walk right into him and I can tell him whatever's going on. And it's all because of what Jesus has done for me. In Jesus' name, thank you that I have this opportunity. And so it's a reminder. That's the linchpin that holds it all together. Yes, I want to grow in my knowledge. Yes, I want to seek him in the way that he's responded and he's shown us. But I also want to always hold that by faith in what Jesus has done for me. And so I just encourage you today as we end, as we continue on this with prayer. It's vitally important for our very purpose and being to be talking to God. And it's important that we talk to him in the way he's revealed himself, which is in his word. It's vitally important that we're actually talking to the God who's revealed himself. But always do so uh, wrapped in the grace that Christ has given us, that we can come directly to him through what Jesus has done for us. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you 
for the wonderful gift that you give us, that we can know you. That you know us and that you love us and that you've come to us and you invite us into a relationship with you. And for that, we thank you. We pray that you would help us to continue to seek you more fully. That we'd seek you in the way that you've revealed us through your word. And in doing so, we would see you all the more clearly. We pray all these things uh, because of what Jesus has done for us. That we can come directly to you. And for that, we thank you and we pray it in his precious name. Amen.